Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Jim Trotter, I imagine, uh, from your time at Howard University, you spent a little bit of time in the great city of Baltimore. Right? I mean, right down the road, you know, 45 minutes, an hour. You spend a little time. Now, I'm not trying to get you to incriminate yourself because, you know, you got a little smirk there. Like, <laughs> like you've done some damage in Baltimore. I wasn't even going no. there. But now, no. but now no. I'm getting some <laughs> No, it's more of I was too poor to go anywhere. So I rarely got too far off campus. So I was just kind of laughing about that. But no, never, never really got down to Baltimore unless I was flying into Baltimore because it was a cheaper flight to get me to campus. Okay. All right. So, you know, but you've been to Baltimore over the years and I've been to Baltimore over the years and we don't necessarily have to be local historians to understand what a huge day this is. Hey, listen, I've always been proud of my blackness. Okay. (laughs) This went white (laughs) on the screen there for a second. Um, Listen, um, but no, we don't have to be local historians we don't have to be local historians to understand what a huge day this is in Baltimore, Maryland. And, and I'm talking about for the Baltimore Ravens. This is off the field. This is one of the biggest off field days in the history of the franchise and in history of football in Baltimore. I, I, I go back to it. So they draft John Elway first overall. He said, no, I don't want to play there. And they traded him to Denver. That was a big day for the franchise. Another big day for the franchise when they, you know, packed up the moving trucks. They snuck out of town like some chumps. Uh, went from <laughs> Baltimore to Indianapolis. Where are you from again? Everybody. Where are you from again? Hey, hey, I'm just saying. Hey, had no, no, no. I'm coming there. I, see, okay. that first one had nothing to do with me. The second one did. They That's snuck out of town. About. Right. That's then what I'm they snuck about. back. Then. Then they snuck back into town. Art Modell snuck <laughs> into town, made a deal with Baltimore, and so the Ravens were born. Uh, first season, 1996. So I'm saying right now, Super Bowls aside, this is one of the biggest days in the history of the franchise because they have to make a decision on what they're going to do with Lamar Jackson. If they give him the non-exclusive franchise tag, Coming up here pretty soon. They have to make a decision. If they do it, then he's, he's probably gone. out. Yep. Yep. He's probably out. Uh, yep. If they bring him back, like I think they should, I think they should put the tag on him. They should negotiate a deal, a long-term deal with Lamar Jackson, keeping him uh, in this franchise, in this city, for the bulk of his career. I'm not going to say the remainder of his career, but the bulk of his career, his prime years, should be spent in Baltimore. Jim, I'd say, I'll say this before I pass it over to you. I just think a lot of organizations get so close to the negotiations, get so close to seeing a player every day that it's easy to take greatness and extreme talent for granted. And you think, okay, that's yeah, just another good player in our, in our organization. 
and no player is bigger than another, and we will replace him as we've replaced other great players over the year, over the years. Not so much with quarterbacks. Remember that first city I said? Baltimore crept off too. They were creeping. They were creeping to Indianapolis. Ask Indianapolis how hard it is to replace a quarterback because they've been trying. They've been trying since Andrew Luck said he didn't want to play anymore. I don't know what you think the Baltimore Ravens should do. To me, it's pretty clear. What do you think? Oh, you know absolutely what I'm thinking. Look, I said in my feed that whatever they decide today in terms of the tag is not the ending. It's simply the beginning. And, and I mean that truly from this standpoint. So, as you say, if they don't use um, the exclusive franchise tag, I do believe he's gone. I do believe another team will step up and, and put forth an offer that Baltimore will not match. Um, secondly, if they, if they use the exclusive tag, now the question becomes, will he even show up for offseason workouts? Because most fans, I'm sure, understand that he doesn't have to ha- have to sign that tag right away. He can drag it out as long as he wants and maybe never sign it, not even play this year if he, if he chose to. And the reason I say that's important is this. They have hired a new offensive coordinator. Imagine not having your starting quarterback at offseason workouts or potentially not even in training camp and then think you're going to sign him to a long-term deal the week of the opener and expect him to be up to speed and at full strength and 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 have some sort of uh, synergy with the other people in that offense. So in my opinion, if they do not sign Lamar Jackson to a long-term deal before off-season workouts begin, they're basically throwing away the season. And I truly feel that way, and I, and I believe that. Yeah. Because, again, this is not like he's stepping back into an offense that he is familiar with. This is something new, and everyone is going to have to learn it. And so from that standpoint, um, th- today isn't the deadline, as some might say. To me, the real deadline becomes the start of OTAs if you don't sign him to a long-term deal. Because if I'm Lamar Jackson and I'm exercising the leverage that I have, I'm not stepping on that field for off-season workouts or training camp or anything else until I feel I have a deal that I want. Now, having said that, though, to you, Mike, I'll say this. I would sign my franchise tag before week one um, and make sure I get every dollar available to me under that, but I'm not doing the organization any favors prior to that. Uh, Yeah, so... uh... Lamar Jackson was just franchise. He was just a guy given a franchise. And and Gary, it was a it was a non-exclusive franchise tag. That woo! Gave him the non-exclusive franchise tag, Jim. Just happened. Baltimore okay. Ravens. And so so and and you know, I've been covering the league for a long time. Tell the people what that means. Non-exclusive franchise tag. Uh in English. Uh for those yeah. and and for the and for the dogs in the audience. Uh, what does that mean? <laughs> it means that now other teams can talk with him and they can make a contract offer to him. And whatever that offer is now, the Ravens have an opportunity, a right of first refusal, basically. They can either match it and keep the player or they can decline to match it and therefore would receive two first-round draft picks in exchange and Lamar would then sign with the club that made the offer to him. So the question becomes, depending on what the offer is, are the Ravens willing 
to meet whatever that price is or, or the value that another franchise has placed on Lamar? Or are they saying for us, two first round picks is more valuable than the player? It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm just so curious and, and I would love to I would love to know how they arrived at this decision uh, to put the See, non-exclusive franchise tag on them because I, I look at it, Jim, it, you tell me if I've just got it, I'm sure I just got it all twisted, but if, if it's my guy, if it's Lamar Jackson, he's got the profile that he does, I know the playoff performances haven't been that great. He's never won a Super Bowl, but he's been a, uh, an MVP at the age of 23. You drafted him at the end of the first is. round, great value. All that stuff, all wonderful things. And you keep saying, uh, he's our guy, we like him, a hard worker, and rare talent. I'm just not letting, if I'm trying to do my business, Jim, and I love you. Jim, I love you. I'm just going to use my own example. If I have something to do at my house, I'm not going to make it open so Jim Trotter can come in and determine my budget. <laughs> I mean, like, and you're my boy. I mean, like, why would I allow... I've got a vision of how I want this thing to go, how much I want to pay. Now I've opened up the portal and allowed 31 other teams, theoretically, you know, uh, 31 other teams to come in and they can screw up my budget if they want to. Or if I want them to go, yeah, just, oh, you go ahead and sign to a contract. I'll take your draft picks. It's just so, it's so loose. It's so fatalistic. It's so ridiculous. It, It lacks... It lacks real vision, in my opinion. I'm surprised because, as I've told uh, Rita Hubbard, the football chick, many times, I have such high regard for the Ravens. I always think they do it right. And the last year or so, I'm not so sure. I I think you were spot on with that at the end. They have been one of the best-run organizations in the NFL for some time now. But in this Lamar Jackson situation, I think they have handled it about as poorly as you can. Let's go back a couple of years ago when he first became um, eligible for an extension. If you were the Ravens at that point, you would want to get it done there because teams seem to forget that every year that you wait to sign a franchise quarterback, the price goes up. So it's not like you're, you're, you're helping yourself by waiting from that standpoint. Now, I heard another reporter say today that, well, Lamar hurt himself a few years ago when he didn't use his leverage at that point. Um, and he played for $1.7 million instead of holding out to get the long-term extension. And my response to that is, Michael, you know this. If Lamar Jackson at that point had said, I'm not stepping on the field unless I get a long-term multi-year deal, the the fallout would have been, what a selfish player, and how can somebody pass up this money? And particularly, and I'm not taking race out of the equation, we're talking about a black quarterback here, how that would have been met by some in the population. So I think Lamar said at that point, you know what? I'm not hurting my team. I'm betting on myself. And he went out and he played. And and now last year again, he's saying, I know what my value is. I know what my worth is. You are not going to tell me what my value is. And so he has held firm to that. And so as I have said to you in the past, Lamar Jackson is probably my favorite player in the NFL. I, you know, and wow. I know as reporters, right? we, yeah, from this standpoint, Michael, he is the most authentic player I have seen coming to the NFL in some time. He does not care what I think. He does not care what you think. 
He does not care what anyone else thinks. It's only about what he thinks and what his small circle of advisors and people and family think. And he holds true to that. So from that standpoint, one thing I love about any individual is authenticity, especially when it is someone who is positive and productive. And that is Lamar Jackson. So for me, I say, Lamar, do your thing. Get your money. Because owners are going to get their money in the best way that they can. And that's the NFL and that's big business. Well, uh, he's going to win regardless. Uh, His worst case scenario, worst case is he's going to make $32 million this year with the Baltimore Ravens and not have a long-term deal. That's not bad. Okay. That's the the worst case scenario for him. Best case scenario is that one of these other teams swoops in and signs him to a contract that is significantly more uh, obviously than that 32 million. And so Lamar Jackson doesn't care what you think or I think, but I care what you think. And I want to know what do you think is going to happen? Because if I'm the Jets, as we talk about, about if you're the Dolphins, but the, but the Jets, the Jets are sitting here with Aaron Rodgers. They're going back and forth and Hey, you know, it's going to, it's not going to cost them that much. It's going to cost green Bay more. If, if they move them, to New York, they're going to get, what, a $40 million uh, dead money hit, which is outrageous, right? But the Jets can handle him. If Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, the cap numbers are not that high. But you've been talking, you've been negotiating with the Packers for Aaron Rodgers. Wouldn't you now think, wait a minute, Lamar Jackson is younger? He doesn't have the resume that Aaron Rodgers does, but we're not talking about a two-year window. We get a veteran quarterback. He's technically a veteran quarterback uh, who's not even 30 years old. Why don't we just go and uh, throw some dollars at uh, at Lamar Jackson and let somebody else get Aaron Rodgers? I don't know. I mean, it's just that the possibilities are open now for a lot of teams who are, who are looking in the draft for a quarterback or looking around the league, and now... There's this, I know two draft, two first round picks is significant. I'm not trying to say, oh, that's nothing to pay, but for Lamar no, Jackson, but it's, but it's not I, really. I don't think the price is that high. No, it's yeah, not. Right? And particularly if you're, yeah, if you're a team like Miami that's drafting at the bottom of the first round this year, let's say, or near the bottom, um, why wouldn't you give up uh, two first rounds? You know, look, we all know the draft is a crapshoot as it is particularly if you're drafting a quarterback in the top 10. History has has shown us that more of them are going to fail to live up to that expectation of being a franchise quarterback than will actually become a franchise quarterback. So from that standpoint, if you have a proven commodity in Lamar Jackson, who, as you say, is young, who is, by all accounts, a tremendous leader, I'll never forget this, Michael. So his second year, I'm at the Hall of Fame game. And mind you, he has only started, I think at that point, six games or something from the previous year, from his rookie season. So I'm at the Hall of Fame game and I'm talking with someone from the organization who had been with the organization since it was in Cleveland. And this person says to me, Lamar Jackson, among his teammates, is the most popular player that I've ever seen. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on here. I said, you've had Ed Reed, you've had Ray Lewis, Jonathan Ogden, others, and you're going to tell me a guy who hasn't even played two full seasons is the most popular player among his teammates you have ever seen? And this player said, absolutely. And I think part of that goes back to what I said to you earlier about his authenticity. 
All Lamar Jackson cares about is winning and being there for his guys, you know, in terms of doing right. Now, business is a separate issue here. And I remember the day after he was drafted when I met with him, we flew out to Baltimore, met with him. I said, Lamar, I'm going to give you two choices here. You can have a gold jacket as a Hall of Famer, or you can have a Vince Lombardi trophy as a Super Bowl champion. Which one are you taking? And he didn't hesitate. He said the Vince Lombardi trophy. He said, I have won a, won a Heisman. And he said, if I win a Super Bowl, people know who I am. They'll know what I've done. The rest will come. His focus was on winning a championship. That's who Lamar is, as I know it. That's what he is about. And nothing in his past that I know since he got into the NFL has been something that is disingenuous or a straight-out falsehood to us. He is who he is. He doesn't hide it. And he goes out, he wins games, and he wins over teammates. All right. Now, Jim, I'm just going to be uh, – I feel like it's, it's, it's important to be transparent at all times. Uh, as I get a little bit older, I'm trying to get a little bit better at that. A little bit better. I'm a work in progress. Okay, let's put it that way. I'm a work in progress. So I will tell you that the entire league, every franchise for me is on notice because of the NFL PA report uh, that came out last week. Great job by the PA of just giving us information about each franchise and how they do business as a workplace, weight rooms and nutrition, strength coaches, all that stuff. Um, y'all, some of y'all are nasty, okay? <laughs> some of y'all are nasty and you're cheap. Hey, Jacksonville, you can't get an exterminator to get rats out. It takes you a month to get rid of rats. You're just nasty and you're trifling. Okay. So every franchise has something except for Minnesota. Except for Minnesota and Las Vegas. Way up there, players love what they're doing in Minnesota and Las Vegas. New facilities, everything's great. But most of these franchises, I, it, it, it made me look two or three times at franchises that I had never really questioned before. I'm like, oh, really? Y'all do that kind of stuff? So I have to let you know that because I'm naturally going to be critical of management because of what I saw last week. I think every management team in the NFL really needs to do some self-scouting, self-scouting and, and open up the budget a little bit more. It's embarrassing in a lot of cases. That being said, can we make a case for Baltimore? Like they they drafted the player they developed him. They rebuilt their offense around him. They were there when he won his MVP. Why? I mean, like, if I did that, there's no way I'm letting that guy go. Do they know something? Have they seen something? Because they're generally not. These are the, the A students. They don't sit in the back of the class, you know, playing video games during the lecture. You know, Look, they pay attention. Uh, the- they see, the they see Professor Trotter. They see Professor Trotter during <laughs> office hours. You know what I mean? Like, these are your Look, good students. Why wouldn't they, why, what, what are they missing? To me, the writing was on the, ma- the wall. The minute Deshaun Watson signed that contract, fully guaranteed contract, and we heard and saw Ravens owner Steve Bashotti come out and criticize that deal as being bad for the league, and essentially something the Ravens were not going to follow suit with. And for me, that's when I said, this has this has the ability to get ugly, right? That if they are not going to pay Lamar, 
who I believe is um, a transcendent talent, something that another quarterback who I believe is not his equal received, there's going to be a problem. And, and, and we're seeing that now. So, look, I don't know the intricacies of what exactly has been offered to Lamar that I can confirm or what he wants necessarily. But the little bit I think I do know about Lamar is he understands his value. And he is not going to let the Ravens determine what his value is. Mm. I'll tell you this, Jim Trotter. Uh, March 15th, teams have until March 15th come up with an offer, or they can start coming up with offers on March 15th for Lamar Jackson. Give up a couple of first-round picks? Sure. I would. An opportunity to have Lamar Jackson as my quarterback for the next five, six, ten years? Certainly. The story continues. It's a big day in Baltimore, and I think is it Baltimoreans? Is that what y'all call (laughs) yourselves? It's a sad day. It's right now they call themselves day. frustrated. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Jake from State Farm here, hanging out with Mel's Mow and Grow. Mel chose State Farm for small business insurance because his local agent is a small business owner, too. So she knew how to help him personalize his policies. And now he's rolling in the green. Like a... Like a good neighbor? Guys, I'm trying to do the line. Oh, sorry, Jake. It's all good. Like a good neighbor? State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. I'm told, guys, that there was a players-only meeting recently where Steven Adams, their veteran center, he spoke out about how the team needs to show better discipline on the road, how um, they need to stay away from going out. Uh, when they're on the road, this team is 12 and 20 on the road this year. They're stellar at home, but that's a poor road record for them. And I'm told those in the room, when Steven Adams spoke out, they knew exactly who he was directing this to. It was no one other than Ja Morant. <clears throat> All right. Uh, that was Sean Sharon. You're talking about a players only meeting in Memphis. Steven Adams, their veteran center, as he said it. Uh, speaking up and uh, directly or indirectly, you know, talking about accountability, which brings us back to John Moran. I'll say this before we get to that. Um, you know, that game, a lot of people start, you know, they do this on the podcast or like who's the most famous person uh, in your phone or the co- phone call that you can make right now. Most famous person in my phone is the Hall of Famer. Mark Spears. I got Mark Spears' number. My man's you got a Hall Tom of Brady's Famer. Number, man. Come on, man. You got Tom Absolutely. Brady's number Absolutely. in your phone. Oh, he retired. He retired. Right. We got to bow, bow down. We got to bow down. 
He no, passed his prime. He passed his prime. Man, like, first of all, really, Mark Spears, congratulations. You are a basketball Hall of Fame writer, broadcaster. This is just, it's what an amazing honor, uh, and, and we're proud of you. What was your... What was your first thought when you got the news? Like, I can't wait to the press conference so I know it's for real. They don't change their mind. <laughs> 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 no, man, I just, um, it, 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 it makes you feel like I'm in this special class that can't be taken away, right? Like, um, you, you, I've been covering NBA for 24 years now. For them to think that highly of my work, it's, it's the ex- highest honor that you can get. And they can put my name anywhere, man. It's in there. And it's going to be in there. And um, so, but like, I think the thing that's most special is my my OGs, my peers, and like you two people that I like have extremely high uh, at- atmospheric moon respect for. And so for you guys to even care and, and, and feel... Uh, the need to tell me congrats. I mean, that 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 means uh, certainly as much uh, to me as uh, anything. I, I just want to say I love it, Mark. I, I'm, I was so happy when I saw that come across my, my social media feed. From this standpoint, I feel like people in our business and people who look like us have not always gotten their due. And, and me covering the NFL, I think back to guys like Ralph Wiley, um, Bill Roden, Brian Burwell, you know, folks yeah. like that, in my opinion, who should have been recognized a long time ago and have never been recognized by our our groups in terms yeah. of being in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So when I see someone like you who has earned it, who has done it the yeah. right way, man, I'm yeah. just proud. You make us all proud, man. No, thank you. Amen. And then, like, for me, man, it was like uh, David Aldridge and, and Roscoe Nance, right? And I remember I used to, like, beg Roscoe Nance, the late, great Roscoe Nance, to just sit next to him at like all-star press conferences and some summer league stuff and the finals. Um, Bill Roden, you mentioned him, like these, these amazing people uh, that I had an opportunity to learn from that I love dearly. And, you know, like Roscoe's not there, but I feel like a piece of him gets in with me. Right. Cause, cause, cause he, he certainly played a role. David Aldridge, like really important people, you know, Neil Scarborough to help me get here. You know, I could, I could rattle off a bunch of names. Yeah, well, we always stand names. on the shoulders yeah. of others, man. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Well, get, get, the, get those names together before your speech because you leave somebody out. You don't have to put me in there, by the way, but you leave somebody <laughs> out. You might, you might, you might hear about it. But uh, let, let's talk about the uh, the news of the day, uh, the news of the last couple of days. And Shams referenced it right there. John Morant, and I know you spent some time uh, talking with him and, and know what's going on with that organization. What do you think is going to happen uh, with John Morant next? That he's going to take care of himself. Um, if we don't see him the rest of the season, I get it. I understand it. And, and perhaps it's a good thing. He had a wake-up call. He, he, he got shaken. Um he had a chance to look at himself and where he is. And, you know, it's more important than basketball right now for him. It's it's getting his life together off the court. Um, certainly there's a lot of things that you, you, you saw from the video that are dangerous, things that have happened the last couple, you know, that Washington Post report, like these are unflattering things. And so 
I, I think for the for the NBA, you know, we they do so much to protect these players from a physical standpoint with this, you know, uh, we're going to rest this guy. We're, 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 what do they call it now? I keep forgetting. The, I forgot the word for it. Load management. Load management. Load management. They need they need they need mind management and mental health management, right? Like this this kid. Well, he's not a kid. He's a 24 year old man. He needs to get his life together, and I'd rather him fix it now than us having a much different conversation later. I think that, uh, Mark, I think you said it perfectly. For me, I think sometimes you have to fall before you can rise. And um, this one hurt a little bit for me, and it always hurts when I see particularly a young black man who has so much in front of him kind of fall or, or you know, hit these potholes, if you will. and my question was kind of like how do you get through to them like i'm an old head mm-hmm. now i did dumb things when i was young so i don't yeah. know that some young guy at 24 is going to listen to me if i offer advice and yeah. you're around the nba obviously every day how, how do we get through to these young well, players I, to help them fully understand and I, I think you're right i don't know that he listens to us right but maybe he listens to a guy like carmelo anthony Um, I I wrote a column in Anscape where I detailed how Carmelo went through so many challenges, so many problems early in his career that could have derailed things in an extremely similar way, um, dangerous way. And um, what he ended up doing was he ended up getting a group of people together that included family, his mother, his his then wife, Lala Anthony, uh, family friend, Bay, uh, Frazier, then he had guys like Marcus Camby, Kenyon Martin, Brian Russell, guys that like you know really helped him uh, keep an eye on him off the court. Then you had like different even people that you would have know a player liaison by the name of Dwayne Molyneux, a, a, a lady that was taking care of his day to day stuff, Marnie Colbert, uh, Asani Swan who takes care of his business stuff now. Like he he put a team uh, basically like this team mellow together. It helped him focus on basketball, take care of the other things, and also be be honest with him. Like, bruh, you're messing up, man. No, nah, no, nah, we ain't doing that. You got bigger things. And if you look at it now, like, if you read my story, you forgot about all that stuff, right? You forgot about all of Melo's issues. Why? Because he, you know, he, he ascended from a basketball standpoint. He got gold medals. Um, and he's like got a wine now, right? He's he's got all the he got a book. He he's got all these different amazing things going on. He's gonna be a future Hall of Famer. Although Mello, I got in before you, but that's beside the point, brother. You know, I had to give him a little something. Um, but to me, like Mello gave him the blueprint, gave Jada blueprint to get out of this. They, and to me, like if I'm Memphis, sign him, sign Carmelo Anthony, put him in the locker room. If if John Morant don't listen to Carmelo Anthony, he ain't listening to nobody. Carmelo Anthony has ten All Star appearances. He he's gone through hell like Jaw's going through now. He'd be a phenomenal person to be next to him. And the Grizzlies are one of two teams, the other being the Thunder in the NBA, that don't have a player on their roster that's thirty years of age or older. Like, you, you can't tell me if Carmelo Anthony walks in that room that they're not going to sit up a little straighter and do things a little more uh, seriously. And I think Melo having a young son, uh, and, I, I, and you guys will laugh at this. I wish I added this line to my story. I think him having a teenage son 
helps him know how to talk to this younger generation today too, even though he's sure. almost 40. So sure. there's nobody out there better than Melo for this team. I just don't know if Ja will be in the locker room for Melo to help for the rest of the season. All right, so you, you say that. Let, let's say I just want to – let's go to the other one. Let's say he's out five more games. Not that anybody's putting any kind of pressure on him. But let's say he's out five more games and comes back. I think that would you be surprising. That, oh, I know. I, I know. But, I, I, but yeah. what I think I hear you saying, though, if you take – if I go back to basketball with Memphis, even if John Moran is there, you think their lack of experience – is going to be the thing that prevents them from going to the conference finals or is it, or, or you don't feel that way? Cause it seems like I mean, the West is tough. Of they're they're all capable of beating it. the West is tough. It, it may not have anything <laughs> other than like, Hey, you, you face the Warriors at a top level and healthy, or you face the Clippers at a top level and healthy. So I'm not even going to, but I could tell from being in that locker room, like they need, uh, old head guidance, another head, you know, you, you look at the, the impact Udonis Haslam has on that locker room. UD played like one game more than me over the last three seasons, right? But he has that locker room in check. Iguodala has the ability now with the Warriors, even though he's not playing a lot, to talk to Jonathan Kaminga, to talk to Moses Moody, right? Um, then you look at a guy like Garrett Temple in New Orleans. You may not even remember that Garrett Temple's on the Pelicans roster. Right. That Garrett Temple is integral to keeping that that locker room in the right direction, right? To keeping that locker room afloat to to hey coach, hey man, you you might want to go go sit down with um Zion today. I, I can feel like he's a little off. I can sense something. Like I think every locker room needs an OG. They're so worried about, you know, having some guy at the end of the bench who they think may become something. You better have an OG at the end of that bench to like get this these teams right to keep an eye on what's going on to say hey this is not how we do things here like Udonis hey, Haslam hey. I, I keep suiting him up until he was fifty five the impact that he <laughs> has on that locker room yeah and I gotta tell you I, I gotta appreciate you Mark and, and uh, Trotter I don't know if you know Garrett Temple's story his story and his father's story and oh, LSU. I mean, amazing. Oh, what I, I would say, uh, I know Black History Month is officially over, but it's always it's unofficially never over. going. Yeah, That's it's right. It's never over. I would say, all of you, uh, within the sound of my voice, do yourselves a favor. You know, look up the Temple story. Garrett Temple. The entire father, family is amazing. The entire family. Uh, yeah, you could do that. They need to be a 30 for 30. Mm. It really does. Mm. It really does. So it, it so back to like I I think you may be are you trying to break news here because I think you're breaking news you're telling me that <laughs> John Morant John Morant is could be out for the season I mean we're talking about the regular I'm season I'm not breaking any news I'm not okay, breaking any right, news but, tell me, but but flesh it out for us so you think I'm he's just very take care of I just I just mean, think that his situation is such that perhaps they should really consider. I just don't see him playing until he's in a good space. I'm just speculating. I think I, I, I can just, ask you this, Mark, real quick. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt, but do the people around him, most importantly, his family, understand that it's got to be about him first now, not about basketball, 
you know, and all those other things that, that come with it, whether mm -hmm. it's shoe deals or, or Powerade or whatever. Yeah. This is about getting him right. And if it means sacrificing the season, so be it. Do they understand yeah. the importance of that? I'm sure they do now. Because the golden goose could be gone, right? I mean, um, like you're watching this video now. I, I saw this for the first time the other day. And it was uh, one of my friends said, why isn't anybody grandma there, mom there, dad there, un unks, uncles are there. Nobody said nothing. He just doing his thing. Like not only drinking like that he was drinking but also being on social media showing everybody this you right. know but i just wonder sometimes man you know we 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 like he may not be from the hood but he's from the country right he's from south carolina and yeah. maybe maybe the family hasn't you know you get this lottery ticket you become a millionaire you, and and maybe everybody else has to grow too and Absolutely. and I would never like say anything to disrespect the Morant family. T. Moran has been amazing to me, um, and I know he's been taking some hits lately about how he's parenting and what. And, and but ultimately, I, I remember this line by somebody I shouldn't quote, but Jimmy the Greek, right? Like he said that once he started making money uh, in the horse racing industry, his, his like dad asked him for ten thousand dollars. And so then after that, he get, after he gave it to him, his dad never paid him back. He started calling him by his first name. I think a lot of times when players, they hit this lottery that there's so many people in their lives that are scared suddenly to say something to them because they wonder if, if I'm not a yes man to them, maybe I get cut off. Maybe I don't get to be on the ride anymore. They, they like me, like I'm going to do what they like, and they seem to like me praising them and telling them they're the greatest since, uh, you know, Michael Jordan or whatever, you know, and I'm not saying his family is saying that, but, you know, hopefully there's somebody that's like, no, this ain't right. This ain't cool, you know, or maybe, maybe they were raised to think this is cool. Maybe their environment where they're from, it is cool. Right. But yeah. ultimately every, not when, you know, that star doesn't just have to change, but a lot of times the people around you have to change. And if they don't, then you got to get new people around you. And, and when it's family, it hurts more. But, you know, I think all of us have been there. And this is a crisis moment for him where that whole group needs needs to be better. They need to change and, and uplift him and make sure that when he comes back, I, I hope I see a new John Morant with a smile and appreciation and, and the mental health that, that is phenomenal and that he gets a standing ovation for overcoming all this rather than us, God, dare I say, like talking about something like much deeper because this is a danger point for him. And I hope I hope we don't see him play for a while because that means he's doing what he needs to do to make his life better. I don't care about the basketball stuff right now. Preach. Yeah, Preach. I, th I think uh... – yeah, that's right, Mark. I think he will get that standing ovation. I, I don't think anybody's really against him. I haven't heard anybody say, you know, oh. I mean, uh, Black Twitter going. having a field day. Yeah, but, you know, I think that is more. <laughs> Black Twitter. Right, we'll talk about it, that. We'll, we'll talk about that later, though. We'll talk about that later with, with, uh, with Jim because he's, he's got some comedy notes in his feed. Yeah. And I just yeah. think. You know, people, you know, we go make fun of stuff just initially. Yeah. Just laugh to keep from crying, right? 
Yeah, yeah. But eventually, if you look at the big picture, uh, I, I think people see the gravity uh, of the situation and really want him mm-hmm. to do well. I mean, this is like, I, I don't know, last thing I'll say is, uh, and I don't know if you had any other takeaways from that uh, players, the retired player survey, uh, David Aldridge, going full circle, mm-hmm. uh, did this story and retired players were asked a number of things about today's game. And they said, who do you like and enjoy? Who, who do you enjoy watching the most? And Ed, uh, Steph Curry, I think, was one. John Morant was like two or three. Like the old heads like him too. Like he said, a dynamic yeah. player. It's not like anybody is who who doesn't want to see John yeah. Morant on the court doing his thing. And so, but you want the other stuff to be figured out too. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's still young. He still has time to turn it around. But everybody, family, and the Grizzlies, like the NBA, everybody has to uh, – Ja has to receive this, but the the surround everybody around him has to be better. Like the Grizzlies have to be better in making like uh, uh him accountable. You know, like yeah. even uh, like there's no statement from the Grizzlies condemning what's been going on. They don't even say it's their two game you know suspension. It's just like a suspension take place. Like you gotta let people know, like, hey, we have a standard, and we have to live to That's that right. standard, or. You can't play in this league. Absolutely. Mark Spears, uh, thank you for setting the standard in your profession at a high level for 24 years. We're just, uh, we're so proud of you, man. Thank Take you, Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Love, Love you. y'all. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Jake from State Farm here, hanging out with Mel's Mow and Grow. Mel chose State Farm for small business insurance because his local agent is a small business owner, too. So she knew how to help him personalize his policies. And now he's rolling in the green. Like a, like a good neighbor. Guys, I'm trying to do the line. Oh, sorry, Jake. It's all good. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. All right, uh, here's a tweet from the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> Pretty simple tweet. We have used the franchise tag on quarterback Lamar Jackson, and that's still. See, this is why, Robert Mays, we need journalists. Because a journalist will say... No, he didn't just use the franchise. There's no the franchise tag. There's an exclusive and there's not exclusive. We've used a non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson, which is what the tweet should have said. And if it had said that, I'd go to Robert Mays, like I am right now, and say, what does that mean to you? To me, it means that the Ravens want to put this ball in someone else's court. 
know, they've been going back and forth with Lamar Jackson for so long, and they've had sticking points on guaranteed money and structure and all that. By giving him the non-exclusive franchise tag, you're essentially putting the onus on other teams to do the negotiating for you while still having the right to match any offer that he might get. So I understand it if it's a product of frustration from Baltimore side, which clearly they are frustrated with where things are. So either way, it's fascinating. The idea that a former MVP who's 26, going to be 27 years old, would be in theory available for a certain price on the open market. We just very rarely see outcomes like this, but that's where we are. Robert, I guess I would, I would push back a little bit on that because what it says to me is that they don't value him in such a way that they are not going to let anyone talk to him. When you have a talent such as Lamar Jackson, you know this as well as I do. Somebody is going to make an offer to him. And um, if you're the Ravens and you choose not to match it, what are you saying then? You're saying that you don't value Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, to the level that he should be valued. And you're also saying to your fans, I believe, that, you know what? It's going to be a bumpy ride for a few years because you have built everything around that one player. Everything. And now you've got to go back and redo it. So push back on me if I, if you feel I'm wrong, Robert, because I would say the Ravens have mismanaged this from the start. And that's going back a couple of years in terms of allowing it to get to this point. Agree or disagree? Oh, I don't think that they, I absolutely think it says that they don't value him to the degree that you typically value a franchise quarterback, a top five quarterback, because you would never let it get to this place. If you had a guy that you thought was in this, in this realm, in this tier of guys, you would never let anybody else have a conversation with him. So I absolutely think it's a sign that they do not value Lamar Jackson at the level that he thinks he's valued. If he thinks that he deserves the Deshaun Watson contract and he deserves a fully guaranteed deal, I think this is absolutely a commentary on the Ravens and saying we do not value at that le- value you at that level so if you can go out and get that from somebody else we'll take the two first round picks and we'll start over again i think for the exact reasons that you're saying that's a tough pill to swallow i mean they don't have an alternative they have a team that they've built into a contender with some aging players on the roster and they are made to win right now with lamar jackson at yeah. quarterback so the pivot from that it's going to be a tough road and it's going to be a painful process no matter how you look at it but Jim, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Everything they've done through the media, every bit of frustration that Jim Harbaugh has shown, Eric DaCosta kind of being a little bit prickly in some of the things he said at the podium, it seems like this team is shaken in a way that we rarely see them shaken. Think about how often they were operating from a position of strength during the Ozzie Newsome era where their heartbeat was the same all the time. They were patient. They never negotiated from a position of weakness. They always seemed comfortable with their footing in every situation. This is the first time in a long time where I kind of see them shaking a little bit and unsure of how they want to proceed and unsure of how they can proceed on their timeline, which they so often dictate. Can I I say I agree with you 100% on that? And this is the point I was making to Michael earlier. They have never dealt with a player like Lamar before and many teams in the NFL haven't from this standpoint he stands on what he believes regardless of what anyone else thinks that's who he is as I say he is the most authentic player in the NFL that I know it's not unlike the NFL when it gets into legal trouble right and someone sues them or whatever and they always wait until we get they get to the point of discovery where they say okay let's settle we don't we don't want this being known because they know everyone has a price right And I think the Ravens thought, 
that Lamar Jackson could could get pushed to that point and then say, you know what? I've gone about as far as I can go. Here's my price. And he takes it. He takes a lesser thing. Whereas Lamar is saying, not happening. I know what my value is. This is what I believe my value is. And if you don't like it, I'm okay with it. And I think that that's probably what frustrates him is that this ain't a guy you can budge on on whatever leverage point you think you can use with him, whether it's talking about how it affects the team, um, what impact it has on on teammates or the organization going forward in terms of its ability to win. Lamar is playing straight business here, and he's saying, I know what my value is, period. Pay me or else. And, and, I, and I know the value of both of you, very educated commentators, so we're going to get some educated guessing going on where Lamar is going next, or who not, I shouldn't say where he's going next, which teams might be putting their pennies together saying, all right, we got to make some, create some space for our Lamar Jackson offer. And we got about eight days to do it. Let's, let's throw about three or four names out there. Uh, what do you guys think? What do you think, Robert? I, I think it's, I don't know because the team that always made the most sense to me, especially on a football level was Atlanta. I mean, you look at the way that their offense is structured. You look at the way they're off. Their scheme is they're cousins to what the Ravens do. And they had the financial flexibility to do it. They had a high draft pick and they have a quarterback need. So putting those pieces together two weeks ago, it's like, man, that would be such an interesting landing spot. I think that Arthur Smith could do so much with him coming out of the combine. I was no longer, I no longer thought that Atlanta was a team that wanted him or that that was the place he was going to go. And Diana Rossini from ESPN just reported that the Falcons are not going to pursue him. So now I wonder who those teams are. If the Jets miss out on Aaron Rodgers, are they a destination for him? Who wants, because if you choose Lamar Jackson, you choose a very specific timeline and a very specific way of constructing your team, both in terms of the resources that you have to allocate, that's the way you want to play. So I just don't know which teams are dissatisfied enough with their quarterback situation and have the amount of resources that would want to go down that path. Jim, I'm fascinated by who you think are players for this. I, I said this to Michael earlier to echo your point. One of the first teams I said was Atlanta. I think he's a perfect fit. And let me say this before I continue. I don't believe what any team says to me right now when it says it's not interested or it's not going to go down that road. They all <laughs> right, lie at this right, point, right. and they don't want to create a market where the price is being driven up. So I'll wait to see That's how right. it ends up. But I said Atlanta first, and the second team that I said was Miami. Miami's drafting near the bottom of the first round. Who cares if it gives up a first-round pick there? As I said earlier, even if you were drafting in the top 10 and looking for a quarterback, it's a crapshoot. Here you have an established player that you know about. And the other thing I would say why Miami, too, I would I, I would keep an eye on is that if they do go down this road with Lamar, what's there's nothing to stop them from saying, then, you know what, we'll move on from Tua. We can trade him. What do we get back in return for him from a team that needs a quarterback? So those are the two teams in my mind that stand out would be Atlanta and Miami. And, and see, I love and you Miami. Know what, Robert and yeah, me too. I, I, I think Robert and Jim, I'll say this quickly. I, I look Lamar can handle. I want to keep saying this. Lamar can handle the, the, the intellectual side of contract negotiations. I got it. And that's not what I'm saying, but this is where an agent comes in another area where an agent helps you. So it's already out there. Ian Rappaport report. Oh, you know, the trade market, not as strong as he thinks. And you got to play a certain way if you're going to have Lamar. And if I'm Lamar, I'm going to come back. My narrative is 
I played that way in Baltimore, but I got a lot more than you haven't seen. I can. He I played can in adapt. a pro style offense in college. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. I can adapt. And then the other thing I want to say is, I, I think there'll be a surprise team or two. Like, would you be shocked if Houston came in? Well, if Houston, I'd be surprised just because of how methodically they've built it so far. And I guess that's kind of how I feel about Atlanta. Is like that they've, they've done? You call that methodical? But, Houston. I mean, they've been very patient. There's a, there's not a lot of urgency going on down there, for better or for worse. <laughs> and so I just it's hard to know which teams are willing to commit those sort of resources. With Houston, especially, they can get on a rookie quarterback timeline. They can just build this in a way that we've seen be successful for other teams. And that's why some of these other teams that like Atlanta is another example. You know, you this is your shot. Are you willing to take your shot at quarterback with the resources that you have? And I think that that's a there's risk involved in that. It's a worthwhile risk, no doubt. But I think it becomes a question of which team is willing to take their swing at the position now that might not have been before he was available. And I don't know their answer to that. Robert Mays, always a pleasure, man. Uh, Thanks for taking the time with us. And uh, this story uh, is just getting started. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of speculation, a lot of, uh, a lot of back and forth, a lot of whispering on both sides. Well, they did this. They did that. We're all here for it. I can't wait. Really can't. Good to see you, Robert. Appreciate you, Robert. Talk to you guys soon. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. I know how to run a hair salon, but for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. She's a small business owner, too, so she knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. Jim Trotter, I love an item in your feed. When you talk about the greatest player of all time, that would be Bill Russell. You watched the docu you you watched the docu-series. What'd you think? Phenomenal. Phenomenal. You know, we we were just talking about Lamar Jackson standing on principle and what he believes his value is. That is something Bill Russell did every day of his adult life. I loved it. Yeah, and, and every day, you're right. And get a lot of it we knew about, and a lot of it happened behind the scenes as he was playing, after his career was over. Yeah, that's a worthy cause. Good to see you, man. Talk to you later. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. You don't need a lot of money to do more with it. Join Padma Lakshmi, Viola Davis, and Fidelity's Women Talk Money team during our free Women's History Month series as we get real about ways you can start planning and saving for the future you want so you can feel good about your money every step of the way. Save your seat today at fidelity.com slash WHM. 
Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, member NYSE, SIPC.